Yo, monkey, it's me, D-D-P, the king of Bonabing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing, a good thing. And thank you for joining me on a Wednesday, April 27th, 2016, here live in New York City, WWE Payback Live this Sunday, and I got my man Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRant, WWE featured columnist for Bleacher Report and a contributor to HiddenRemote.com, as well as WhatCulture.com. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Randy, doing great. How about yourself? Doing good. Can't complain. We're just a couple of days away from payback. Uh, the big pay-per-view post-WrestleMania 32. A lot of storylines going on right now. A lot of uh, different talent going to be on the card. Um, a lot a lot of good matches uh, 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 that are expected to happen this Sunday. And we're going to run through the entire card with you. And um, I'll start off by saying this. Um, the... The match that's supposed to be on the pre-show, Callisto and Ryback for the U.S. title. Um, again, the second straight pay-per-view, the U.S. title is on the pre-show. Callisto and Ryback on the pre-show again, like like WrestleMania. Um, like, what do you really expect from this match? And in 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 the bigger picture, what do you expect of the U.S. title uh, meaning something going forward after Payback? You know, it's a shame, because I like Kalisto, I really like Ryback, but no one could give two craps about this match. I mean, I didn't even know it was happening until it was announced on Raw for the kickoff show. I mean, they had a match last week on SmackDown, which was all right, but again, nobody really cared. And I think Kalisto, he's been on TV maybe once or twice since WrestleMania. Ryback, other than that one match on SmackDown last week where he beat Kalisto on title action, has not been on Raw or SmackDown at all. So I don't know how they expect us to care about the match. Again, it should be... You know, technically sound. It should be a decent match. The WrestleMania match is fine. Um, I just don't really care. It sucks because I like both guys, and it's really a shame. I think what's even worse is that you look back on a year ago, you think back to a year ago when John Cena was U.S. champion, the title meant more than it probably ever has in the company's history. I'm not talking about WCW here ever since the title was brought back in 03 as WWE's re, you know, re Christian version of it. Ever since then, I think the title was at its peak of its prestige last year, and it really has meant nothing since ever since John Cena left six months ago. Um, but as far as this match goes, again, it should be a decent match. I'd imagine Kalisto's winning. Again, it really doesn't matter either way. Um, I don't know what Ryback would do as champion, maybe feud with Apollo Crews. Uh, but Kalisto has really been on TV, and when he is, or he's on, he's off, and when he's on, he's losing, so it really makes no sense. But I'll just go. You flip a coin, it doesn't really matter, but I'll go with Kalisto retaining here. I mean, yeah, it, it, whoever wins, Ryback or Kalisto, um, the big question is what do they do with Kalisto going forward? What do they do with Ryback going forward? What do they do with the U.S. title going forward? Because to me, the you know, and we'll get to the match, but to me, the, the, the intercontinental title um, – means more it's a bit more prestige than the u.s title one because it is a wwe title as opposed to a u.s title going back to its wcw days and it's really a shame like you said where last year 
John Cena was doing this, this U.S. title challenge every Monday, and people were excited. And, you know, uh, he had to go film that new show he did, so Del Rio took the reins. And once Del Rio got hands on the title, the, the belt hasn't really meant anything for well, I guess since October, now Callisto has the belt. It's just a real shame how um, the title has gone down a cliff and there's no, you know, uprising in, in sight unless a newer superstar takes the belt away from Callisto. It's ridiculous, like you said. I don't even know. Like you said, if Callisto wins here, what's next? Like like I said, maybe if Ryback wins, you could do Ryback Cruz, but does it? Ryback hasn't even been on TV. Like They were trying to push him as a heel. I appreciated the effort right before Mania, but the guy hasn't even been on Raw, so why will people care? I mean, I, I fully expect Chicago, and I saw some funny tweet on Twitter the other day. Hopefully the fans are in the building when they have their match this time, because at WrestleMania... There was, like, nobody in the crowd because the show went on. The match went on, like, first in the kickoff show. Nobody was there yet. But um, I, I fully expect Chicago to probably crap all over this. They, they like Kalisto, but uh, not huge Ryback fans are Chicago crowds. Um, but anyway, it's just, yeah, like, even if, even if Kalisto retains, I don't know where you go from here. I mean, we don't have many heels. I know they're kind of, spoiler alert, breaking up the League of Nations, I guess, pretty soon, if not on SmackDown or something. So maybe they do... Seamus Kalisto or Kalisto Rusev, like those would be good matches. And what boggles my mind more than anything else is that I've seen these rave reports for matches on superstars, and I've watched them myself. I'm like one of five people who actually watch superstars. They have these really, really good matches between Kalisto and um, Tyler Breeze on superstars every week. And you have this story there. Someone pitched this idea to me not too long ago, and that you have Breeze say that he wants to be the face of the United States. And that Kalisto is his masked marvel, like doing the whole Rey Mysterio thing, I'll let you hide your face. I'm the real epitome of what the U.S. should be. I should be U.S. champion. There's a story right there, and they could be doing more with Breeze, too. That goes without saying. But they're doing those matches on superstars, not even having these guys on TV at all. So, um, again, it should be a decent match, and I don't really mind who wins either way. But even if Kalisto retains, I don't know where you go from there. Now, quick sidebar. Uh, we did mention John Cena earlier of, um, about him being the U.S. champion, and he said... Uh, recently that he's supposed to be back on Memorial Day. So um, at least we know when he's coming back. We're just, you know, one month away from that. Still no Randy Orton, still no Seth Rollins, but at least we know, and, and Cesaro came back earlier. So at least we know we're getting John Cena within uh, a month. Um, any any insight or prediction of when he does come back um what title picture he's going to be in, what kind of feuds he, he might be in, or what's the best possible uh, scenario for him, or he, he's just going to come back and just kind of kind of play his way through it? Uh, it's an interesting time. I mean, it's a Memorial Day Raw, so it makes sense for them to bring him back on that show because obviously the ratings, I mean, they're in the crapper anyway, but they're probably going to be lower than they typically are on Memorial Day, obviously, due to the holiday. Um, but it's not the day after the pay-per-view. I think the pay-per-view, which RJ and I are going at, too, at uh, Payback in Newark is on the 22nd. So it's actually eight days after the pay-per-view. So it's like kind of a weird week, and a, like I said, they're probably going to try to boost the rating, um, get him back in time for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I don't know if it's going to be in that match. Did that before. We've seen that before. Hopefully not. But um, I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's a good piece of the puzzle that's back. It's not Rollins. It's not Orton. Orton could be back next week, and that's just – not for even a prediction. I just feel like if they're in St. Louis, maybe that's pushing it, but I don't know. But I feel like with Cena, as far as what he does when he gets back, um, I 
don't really know. I think the long-term plan is maybe to do Cena Reigns at SummerSlam, which I'm fine. I, mean, I know we talked about it last time. I feel like the crowd would probably crap all over in Brooklyn, but um, I feel like that's the long-term plan they're going for there. Beyond that, I don't know what you do with John Cena in, in the interim anyway. Maybe do a little feud with, uh, God, I'm trying to think of, you know, heels. Um, seen Jericho and Owens versus Cena before. I don't really know, so I'm not sure. Maybe they put him in the Money to Bank ladder match. It's kind of like a filler thing. Maybe they just do. I would, I would love to see him in, um, him in Kalisto go at it. I mean, he endorsed Kalisto right before he won the U.S. title. He, you know, his last match, that was his goal the last time he was around. He was going back after the U.S. Championship versus Del Rio. So, I mean, it makes no sense because Kalisto hasn't been on TV in weeks. But um, at least it would make sense for John Cena to go back after the title that he never really technically lost or got a rematch for. So, I guess that's one idea. So now the matches that are on the main card, uh, again, I don't know what uh, order they're going to go into, but I'll just start with this. Uh, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Baron Corbin, he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania, debuted on Raw the next night, um, has been like on this little winning streak and this, this feud with Dolph Ziggler. Um, I, I don't recall the last time Dolph Ziggler won a match, so I don't think he's going to win on Sunday. But then again, you just never know. But what's your take on Baron Corbin so far being on the main roster? And does he get um, that victory over Dolph Ziggler on Sunday? I mean, I might be speaking too soon because I know it's only been a month, but I think it's been so far so good with Corbin. I think he has a lot of potential. We talked about that last time. I'm a big fan of his, or at least have since become a big fan of his over the past year or so, you know, him showing improvement as a wrestler, as a character especially. The feud's been done well. I mean, Ziggler got his little upper hand on Raw, which is good, considering that he should and probably will win on Sunday, Corbin, that is. I mean, if Ziggler wins, even if it's like via like a roll-up or something, would be beyond asinine because Corbin's a guy, I believe – to my knowledge, only lost twice in NXT via pinfall and singles competition. Once to Austin Aries last month, earlier this month, and then like Neville on a throwaway episode of NXT like a year ago. So to have him lose his first WWE match and his third match overall in his entire career, you know, dating back to NXT, to Dolph Ziggler of all people, just to keep the feud alive would make no sense. I mean, I like Ziggler. But his time has kind of come and gone. I really don't see them doing much with him in the near future or really ever since his con- or until his contract expires, presumably next year. Um, the match should be good, though. I'm looking forward to it. And Corbin, like I said, will and should win. If he doesn't win, even if it's via like, this qualification or countout, it's just kind of a waste. So uh, my money's on Corbin here. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. I think Baron Corbin wins, uh, wins that match. I, it just, you know, Dolph Ziggler is a very talented wrestler. I just don't know. Uh, you know, he he falls into that category of the Bray Wyatt's and people like that, of like very talented people. And I know, I know we've had this conversation many times before, but people like Bray and people like Dolph Ziggler are very talented that can wrestle in the ring. And th- there's just no direction um, for them at, at, at the current time. Or, you know, they're very stagnant. Ziggler has been very stagnant in this you know, intercontinental kind of phase for like two, three years now, not getting that push too far for a world title. Outside of that time, he cashed in on Del Rio, which is which seems like ages ago, um, um, Graham. And it's like, again, he's he's another one saying, even at the payback, win or lose, um, what's the ceiling for Dolph Ziggler going forward? I don't know. That's the that's the million dollar question right there. Like you said, it feels like it was ages ago that he cashed in Money in the Bank, and it's 
I don't know. I mean, it's really with Dolph Ziggler, and it's sad, too, because there's a lot of guys that feel like they have a long-term direction. Guys like, I know they really only put their eggs in one basket with guys like The Shield, like Ambrose. Even Ambrose feels like they kind of put him in, you know, meaningless, right. directionless sometimes. Like, oh, it's, you know, we need to get him on the show. Let's put him with this guy. Like, the Jericho thing kind of came out of nowhere, but I can't complain because that's been a good feud so far. But with, like, Reigns, even Rollins, they feel like they've had a consistent path over the course of their four, you know, three to four years here in WWE. With Dolph Ziggler, it's like, oh, we just need a dance partner for this guy this month. Let's put him in a match with Baron Corbin. Or a couple months ago, it was like, oh, Kevin Owens needs to defend against somebody at Payback or um, Fastlane, I think it was. Let's put him in a match with Kevin Owens. Like, that's what they do with Ziggler. That's what they've been doing with him for the past year, year and a half now. And like I said, I think because his contract, I think, expired last summer. And he re-signed for whatever reason. Again, I love Dolph Ziggler, but that was in the midst of that awful feud with Rusev. I really have no idea why he re-signed. And he could have gone. I don't think he's going to be wrestling. if he Once he's done with WWE, I don't think he's wrestling anymore. But I think he could have had a great opportunity to go over New Japan, fill in the spots that guys like Nakamura and Styles left behind when they went to WWE. Um, but anyway, so I think he's going to be here for another year. But beyond Corbin, I don't know what the hell you do with the guy. I mean, he's been IC U.S. champion so many times that I, I, to put him back in the mid card and those championship pictures would make no sense. So I feel like beyond this feud, he's just going to continue to flounder until they have, you know, well, let's, let's put over Apollo Crews tonight. So let's put him against Dolph Ziggler. They're probably going to continue to do that until he's done with the company, about, like I said, presumably a year from now. Yeah, man. I, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but, um, you know, hopefully Dolph Ziggler can get out of that uh, U.S. tag team intercontinental phase. But um, speaking of tag team, uh, the finals for the tag team tournament to be the number one contenders for the for the New Day's tag team championship. We have Enzo and Cass against the Vault Villains. Um, two new tag teams on the scene from NXT. Uh, I'm not sure who, who they defeated on, in route to this match, but... Um, you know, Enzo and Cass have been, you know, great so far. The Vault Villains as well. Not uh, more fan interaction and favoritism towards Enzo and Cass than the Vault Villains, which I think we all knew was expected. Um, mm-hmm. What's your What is your thoughts on Enzo and Cass debuting on, on the main roster as well as the Vault Villains on SmackDown, their interaction with the crowd? Does the crowd buy into what the Vault Villains are doing? And who do you think... Will become the number one ta- uh, contenders for the tag team championship. I know the last time we talked, we kind of showed some doubt, expressed some doubt in the Vaude Villains and whether they could get over. And I'm still pretty doubtful about that. But in the last couple of weeks, specifically on SmackDown last week and Raw this week, I thought they did pretty well with the material they were given. Um, they're not the greatest mic workers in the world, and the gimmick itself is a little. Like, I don't know if it's going to get over in front of a larger crowd. I mean, if London take too kindly to it last week, I don't know how Chicago is going to respond to it. But it is a heel group, so it's not like, oh, they're booing them because they're baby faces or whatever. So at least that's not the issue. Um, but they've grown on me a little bit. They've been doing well the last couple of weeks. I mean, Enzo and Cass, like you said, they speak for themselves, literally and figuratively. I mean, they've been doing great since they came up. The promos with the Dudley boys were hilarious. Hopefully, I'd imagine that's not the end of the feud. I really hope that was not a one-and-done type match. I know Enzo and Cass went clean last week, but that's a feud that can go on for the next couple weeks, months, whatever. Um, so I would hope the Dudley boys would get involved here and help the Vaudeville villains win. I'm not expecting that because they're not on the card currently. Um, but as it is right now, I think it can be a good match. I mean, I think both teams, they have history. They faced off a takeover about a year ago, I think, for the NXT tag team title. So what a difference a year makes. But uh, it's got to be the Vaude Villains. They're the heel faction here. They're the heel tag team. Them versus New Day should be entertaining. 
Um, Enzo and Cass versus New Day is like a long-term money match, in my opinion. Save that for SummerSlam or later on down the line or whatever, not too soon. But, yeah, I would rather see Enzo and Cass stick with the Dudley Boys for a little while longer. Maybe they cost them the victory on Sunday, or maybe the Vaude Villains just cheat or whatever. And uh, Vaude Villains go on to become the uh, number one contenders to the tag team titles. And I don't think the tag team title match is happening on the show itself. That's been rumored. A lot right. of people thought that. I don't think it is. It's been confirmed that it's not. I mean, they might change it. It's, you know, WWE, they change shit on the fly all the time. But um, I think as of right now, the tag team title match is not happening on Sunday, just the finals of the tournament. I agree with you. I think Vault Villains go over on Sunday. I think it's uh, too early to have New Day uh, up against Enzo and Cass because it, they're both fan favorites. And to have that uh, match at like a you know extreme rules or money in the bank i think that's too early that 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 match needs to happen at SummerSlam or or a bigger uh event um like that but um i like what i've been seeing from the vault villains it's a it's, it's a weird different character to the main roster i even put out on twitter <laughs> trying to be funny when they come out and they're just the the, the 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 screen is black and white i'm like it, it feels like i'm watching like the uh, NWO vignette in 2016. <laughs> Obviously, they're not the NWO, but when you see black and mm-hmm. white, your first thing to, to think about is the uh, the New World Order. I'm like, this is like a vignette, but now I'm seeing it in 2016. Mm-hmm. So um, it might be a little getting used to it, but since they're, uh, since they're a heel factor and you put them against the New Day, maybe at Extreme Rules with, where their characters can uh, progress just a little more, like a tables match or TLC, a ladder match, whatever, it might be different. But I think having them in the New Day for now and having Enzo and Cass with the Dudley Boys and whoever until SummerSlam, I think that's, that's the main time you put that money match between New Day and Enzo and Cass. And obviously... The, the fans might be a little split. I mean, they might go towards New Day because they've been around longer, but it, don't be surprised if that Brooklyn crowd at SummerSlam goes for more end zone cast. I would not be surprised. When I was at SummerSlam last year, the crowd, I was there for TakeOver on Saturday and SummerSlam on Sunday. The most over people on Saturday were end zone cast. While we were waiting outside to get in, all they heard were, how are you doing, Chance, the entire night. And then on SummerSlam Sunday, it was, hey, we want some New Day, or like New Day, uh, New Day Rock. And they were chanting that over and over outside the arena. So the two most over-tag teams clashing at that same arena, that same event one year later is, you know, it's a match made in heaven to me, like you said. So I would love to see that. Or even even looking beyond that, if it's not Enzo and Cass, and it probably should be because, you know, it's Brooklyn and they're going to get a huge pop. I don't know why they didn't win the NXT tag team titles or last year in the vaudeville and did. But uh, that's another rant for another day. But if it's not Enzo and Cass, I would love to see – um, new Bullet Club guys, Carl Anderson and Doc Gall- or Luke Gallows, rather, as they're calling him now, uh, versus New Day at SummerSlam. I feel like that could be a money match. If the Vaude Villains win the tag team titles, I'd be shocked. I-, I wouldn't put it past them, but at this point, New Day have been champions since SummerSlam, so I really don't want to have them drop the titles in anticlimactic fashion. It should mean something. So if it's not to Enzo and Cass, it's got to be to Gallows and Anderson. I mean, their debut on Raw this week was really good, and uh, they definitely have the potential to take the tag team division by storm if given the right push. We are chatting with Graham Matthews. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. He is the WWE Bleacher Report feature columnist and What Culture contributor. Also uh, contributed to what's the other site you, you you was working for, Graham? I'm missing one more. Bleacher Report, Hit and Remote, and What Culture. There you go, Hit and Remote. I mean, you, you, you're just all over the place, man. You work for like five different companies. Um, I'm all over the place, yeah. I'm everywhere. <laughs> 
Um, also on the card, we have the women's championship, um, Charlotte against Natalia. Uh, Ric Flair in the corner of Charlotte. And Bret the Hitman Hart in the corner of uh, Natalia. Even though Bret Hart recently said he has no desire to be there, and I believe him, um, he's supposed to be there, I, I would assume. So you have Charlotte and Natalia. They always have great matches going back to the, the NXT days, the uh, recent match they had at Roadblock, and I think on Raw where there was some interference going on. Uh, where Charlotte was tapping, but the referee did not see it, called a DQ, whatever. So now they finally get the payoff at, at payback for the for the women's title. Um, I got Charlotte going over. I just think her heel run has just been phenomenal. And it's going to take someone like a Sasha Banks down the road to take the title off of her. Um, would I be shocked if Natalia wins? Just a little bit. Just just a little bit shocked. But to me, I think Charlotte's going to go over on a Sunday. Who do you got? Yeah, I got Charlotte, too. I think that makes the most sense. I mean, I think, like you said, it'd be like the real money, a lot of Enzo and Cass or Bullet Club guys winning the tag team titles at SummerSlam. The real money matches with Sasha and Charlotte one-on-one at SummerSlam. I mean, I'd be happy for Natalia if she won on Sunday, I guess, if they wanted to make a moment because Bret Hart presumably is going to be there. Like you said, he could not care less, and that's the funny thing. He does not give two craps about anything. He's burying the creative direction of the company right now, and they advertise him for the pay-per-view. And I assume he will be there. Um, they, they hammered that home on Raw. Natalia, I just got finished watching the interview she did with Michael Cole for the WWE.com website, and they were talking about how he's going to be there. So at this point, he pretty much has to be there, but he's not going to be happy about it. He never looks to be happy about anything, but I love Bret Hart for that reason alone. Um, but anyway, I got Charlotte, too. I mean, like you said, I've been saying since the start that um, she's going to flourish as a heel, and she's definitely done that. I know it was kind of shaky when she first arrived in the main roster, they weren't really know. They didn't really know what to make of her. The fans, that is, like she Rick Blair's daughter, or what the hell's going on here? But I think ever since going heel back in November, she's really done the best work of her career. I know she's only been here for like three years, but um, she's really been doing some great stuff. And I think winning at WrestleMania was the right move. I know a lot of people wanted Sasha or Becky to win, and that's fine. That would have been a great moment. But prolonging that, delaying that until SummerSlam, and getting more people to hate Charlotte and putting her against a couple more fresh faces. And you know, I know we've seen Natalia and Charlotte before, but. They always have really good matches. The Raw match a couple weeks ago was really, really good. Um, so I can't complain about that. But I think the money match, like you said, is with Sasha and Charlotte at SummerSlam. So I say Charlotte's got to win here. I got the first Twitter question of the day uh, from at Sports Brain. Yeah, that is her, uh, his Twitter handle. Um, Rick Flair supposedly had a, a airport incident um today or yesterday they, they thought he was drunk but he i don't know if he if it really was or wasn't he had a cut on his hand uh he was sitting down in the airport something like that i don't know if you, if you read up on it earlier today but the, the question is from um sports brain would that airport incident um have any effect on payback this sunday i i, I don't think so i don't think it's um much to think about one have you heard about what i'm talking about and two do you think it has any effect for sunday yeah, I saw the headline. I didn't read too much into it. I didn't read too much about it, so I don't know the exact details, but I don't think it's going to affect anything at all. I mean, this is Ric Flair we're talking about here. I mean, he's like <laughs> Triple H's best buddy. So if there was anyone else, I would say he's pulled from the card, but it's Ric Flair, and he's done this type of stuff before. I kind of just laughed. I mean, it's a sad situation, but at the same time, it's Ric Flair. And this comes like literally days, not even days, hours after he was at the SmackDown taping. i, I got to mention that. Apparently, he told Natalia to go kill herself during the promo on SmackDown. 
I'm sure it's going to get edited out, but I laughed at that, too. It's like only Ric Flair would do something like that. He must have been wasted out of his mind. Uh, so I got a good chuckle out of that. But I imagine he will still be at, you know, on Sunday. Cause the whole purpose of bringing Bret Hart in right. is counter Ric Flair. So if Bret Hart is there and Ric Flair isn't, Bret Hart's probably going to be saying, if Ric Flair can't be here, why do I have to be here? Like, he doesn't even want to be there to begin with. So it's a huge cluster, but... Uh, I imagine he still will be there regardless. Oh, oh, you know, yeah. Regardless of what shape or mindset he's in at that point in time. Oh, yeah, sure. Burhard would love to find any way to get out of going to payback. If, if one, like you said, if he has no desire to be there and he finds out, hey, if Ric Flair's not showing up, why the hell should I show up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Intercontinental title. Uh, the Miz, the new champion. Um, Zack Ryder won it at WrestleMania 32. He lost it to the Miz the next night on Raw, um, defending it against um, Cesaro with a brand-new gimmick, brand-new look, the 007 James Bond thing going on. Uh, the Miz has his wife, Maurice, in his corner, which I think has been a, a phenomenal addition um, to the Miz and his character. Um, I know we've seen we've seen the Miz Intercontinental Champion like five, six, seven times already, but maybe this time is a little different. Um, he's not always on the microphone um, now with, with Maurice um, doing most of the promo work, and now Cesaro back from injury. Um, do we see the Miz continue his Intercontinental Championship run, or do we see Cesaro take the belt away from him on Sunday? Yeah, I think Miz is going to retain. I mean, it could very well go either way. I mean, like you said, we've seen Miz as IC champion before. Obviously, his best run to date has been this one because of Maurice and the addition of his act has been great. I think they have great chemistry, and that kind of goes that thing because they're married. So, obviously, they're going to have good chemistry both on and off screen. But, uh, I mean, his past runs, he was only champion for like a month at most. I mean, sometimes a day. Like, he won the belt at Mania 29, lost the next day, won it at Net of Champions 2014, lost the next day on Rod Dolph Ziggler. So, it wouldn't surprise me if Cesaro won here. And the end game is Cesaro winning the belt. I mean, that kind of, to me, seems obvious just because Cesaro's been, uh, you know, on fire since returning. And I think the money is in him as Intercontinental Champion, hopefully defending against Sami Zayn at SummerSlam. Like, the match they had in NXT were beyond amazing. I think a match between those two for that title would be phenomenal, too. Uh, maybe Owen Zayn and Cesaro for the belt down the line would be sexy, too. But anyway, in regards to this match, I think, like I said, history has said that Miz will lose here, but I'll say that Miz retains. Not necessarily that Miz will win. I think, you know, it's either a count out or a disqualification, something, some BS finish, but I'll make a bold prediction and say Miz retains here, and then Cesaro probably wins it as, you know, at payback and like a steel cage match or something. I think Miz retains, and I wouldn't be shocked if they take Cesaro out of the intercontinental picture and have him win the money in the bank the next month because I feel like at, at some point Cesaro has to get over that the the the, the mid card hump like 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 a Dolph Ziggler like a Dean Ambrose like a Bray Wyatt and now he's back he's on fire new gimmick new everything people love him and I wouldn't be shocked if one if he's in the money in the bank match which which I think he he should be in and two if he walks out the winner one he's never won the money in the bank and two um that can open up the doors to a potential him and Reigns at a, what is it? A, what's July? I forgot what's July. Uh, Battleground. Um, yeah. Battleground or something because, you know, SummerSlam might be for somebody bigger like a John Cena, mm -hmm. but, or, or, or he just holds on to it. I mean, him, him walking out with the money in the bank outside of Kevin, uh, Kevin Owens might be the two people that can walk out of money in the bank. I know we're going a month ahead, but, I'm just thinking if the Miz retains, what else can you do with, with Cesaro um, 
outside of being in the Intercontinental title picture. And I think the Money in the Bank briefcase can do just that. Ideally, that would be amazing. I mean, I hate to get my hopes up just because last year we saw Sheamus win for no reason at all. I mean, and that just went nowhere, and that was a total disaster. So, I mean, every time I think they're going to do the right thing and put the briefcase on the right person, not to say they haven't. I mean, when Rollins won it in 2014, that was the right move, and that worked out, obviously. 2013, we had Sandow, who I loved, but that really went nowhere. So they have a, a track record of kind of putting it on the right and wrong people. And hopefully they put the briefcase on someone they know is going to be a big deal down the line. That in Cesaro, I don't know if they think he's going to be a big deal, but I know he can be. I mean, I think he's proven that over the last year, especially in the last couple of weeks since he came back. He's over. People like him. That all, oh, he's swift. I mean, he doesn't have any charisma. It's total BS. He's completely proven that wrong ever since he came back, even before he got injured last year. Um, but, I mean, if, if not this year, the next year, just because I feel like, and I've said this before, an 08 Punk won, in 2011 Brian won, in 2014 Rollins won. So it seems like every three years we have a former Ring of Honor standout win it. So maybe 2017 that Cesaro finally wins, but I'll go off the grid and you know agree with you that it's got to be either Cesaro or Ambrose or Owens are my top three picks for Money in the Bank. Like I said, kind of thinking ahead here, but long-term booking here, um, Cesaro would be a phenomenal fit for Mr. Money in the Bank this year. Anybody but Sheamus winning the Money in the Bank, Graham. Anybody but Sheamus, <laughs> yeah. please. Let, let's, exactly. not, let's not repeat that. Um, <laughs> Dean Ambrose, Y2J, um, Jericho comes off a victory over AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Ambrose uh, takes the, the loss to, to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And, um, again, Dean Ambrose is now in this mid-card area uh, with Jericho. Um, there's there's no clear direction of what they want to do with him, uh, character wise, storyline wise. Um, he's he's a, a lunatic fringe now with with his own show, the Ambrose Asylum, with with one rug and, and one plant from Pier One Imports. Um, I really don't know what's going on with, with him. I think I think he'll win on Sunday, but then again, is is that just? a win to get him over because he lost to Brock Lesnar and we can't have him on a, a losing streak. And we know Jericho is has done the job before to, to, to younger guys. And if Dean Ambrose wins on Sunday, again, what is next for him going forward? I, I don't think it's the world title. Um, I don't think it's Reigns just yet, unless they might you know, pull the, the, the trigger on that real early. Um, who wins and what happens to both Jericho and Ambrose after payback? I think it really all depends on how long Jericho's sticking around. I haven't heard anything. There really haven't been any reports on how long he plans on sticking around. At last word, I know he was sticking around after me. And obviously, he's here now, so that's true. Um, but to what extent, how long? I mean, when he came back at the Rumble or around that time a few years ago, he stayed until like July or SummerSlam. I feel like he might be gone sooner than that. I don't know if he's gone after payback or Extreme Rules. I mean, Extreme Rules is literally three weeks later. So I feel like this feud should continue. Um, I would be fine with Ambrose getting two back-to-back wins over Jericho. And not just because he lost to Lesnar at WrestleMania, but that's part of the reason because he needs a big win. And Jericho won at WrestleMania. It's not like he's been losing everyone since he came back. So it does make sense to have Ambrose win here. I would not be you know, pissed or anything if, if Jericho won just because Ambrose will go over in the end, a lot like with Wyatt feud a couple of years ago. Jericho beat Wyatt in like their first one-on-one match, and then he ended up losing like the next two at SummerSlam and that still gauge match on Raw. So with this feud anyway, um, I really don't have any preference who goes over. I think Ambrose, he's my official pick, maybe not decisively, but it will build to a rematch at you know Extreme Rules, and that should be really entertaining. The feud's been good. I thought the segment on Raw was great. 
Um, that was the segment I was hoping for all along from these guys. So, um, But I got Ambrose. I really don't think it's going to damage Ambrose to be loses again because he will go over in the end. I have no doubt about that. And where it goes from here, like you said, I would think Roman Reigns. I know that's kind of like the bigger picture, but I feel like they have other plans for Reigns. If he's not facing Cena at SummerSlam, then it's Rollins. And I don't think Ambrose is as high of a priority. So if they do that feud in the spring or like at Battleground or Money in the Bank, I'd be fine with that. So... And at least beating Jericho would at least make him, you know, credible or qualify him as a contender to the title. Not like, oh, I just lost Jericho, and, you know, now I'm going to go after the championship. That would make no sense. But, um, yeah, I think he wins here, and then he goes on to phase Roman Reigns. It might be a little too soon, but I don't think they're going to save him for SummerSlam. So I see that feud likely happening at some point in the near future. Now, do you see Extreme Rules just being, like, all payback or majority payback rematches now with just added stipulations? For the most part, yeah, and I'll take that over like WrestleMania rematches, which we've had in the past, because I am shocked to look up and down this card. None of these matches we saw at WrestleMania. That blows my mind. I'm not complaining. That's amazing. Um, but I think Extreme Rules, I think it's great. I think the fact they changed up the lineup really works out, because in past years, we would get WrestleMania rematches at Extreme Rules in April, and then in May, we would have payback and have more WrestleMania rematches just without the stipulations. It was so ass backwards. Um, so I imagine many of these matches will have a rematch at Extreme Rules and put a stipulation on it, which is fine. It makes more sense this way than it did in years past. And I think we, you know, the match that uh, that I think we all want to see outside of Reigns and, and, and AJ Styles is the, the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match. Uh, their rivalry goes back uh, so long, the friendship. It goes back 14 years. NXT now on the main roster. Um, they did a, a, a great promo video package uh, of their rivalry and friendship this past week on Raw. Um, I think this rivalry is going to go on for the next couple of months. Uh, trading wins back and forth. Maybe some false or not so clean finishes. Um, within uh, Zane and Kevin Owens, I think SummerSlam could be the culmination. Or well, then again, it might go. It might go even more. But for what we have now, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, one on one at Payback. I think the first of many matches between um, these two guys. Who do you think goes over? And what kind of matches do you see going forward post Payback between these two guys? I mean, like you mentioned, I think the video package on Monday was fantastically well put together. I mean, yeah. I think it might be a little too late to save it for six days before the pay-per-view, but better late than never, I'd say. I thought it was really, really well done. They touched upon all aspects of the feud, not just the past couple of weeks, not just WrestleMania. They touched upon Mania, the stuff for the Royal Rumble, from TakeOver, our evolution from December of 2014. They touched upon when Owens put Zane on the shelf last year, last May. Now, Owens made his main roster debut before he did. Like, everything about this feud, everything about that video package was so great. And I really wish they did that with most of their feuds, not just select ones. But, and we've probably talked about it before, but these guys are destined to fight forever, as WWE have seen themselves. I mean, these guys are the perfect opponents, you know, friends, whatever. Um, whether they're, it's a lot like Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, a lot like Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. You can come back to this feud down the line if, you know, one guy's, if one guy goes off in another direction while the other one does something else in the, you know, in the very near future. But um, as far as this match goes, it should be a phenomenal match. Like you said, I'm looking forward to this match more than anything else other than Ambrose and Jericho in the main event. And again, I don't think it matters who wins, and I don't say that in a bad way like I did with Ryback and Kalisto. I say that in a way that I care about both guys. 
So it really, to me, doesn't matter who wins. I think it's a win-win as opposed to a lose-lose. Um, I think Owens wins here just to keep Zane in chase mode. He can finally build to that big win down the line. I could see Zane winning via like a roll-up or something. Um, but I think for the very near future anyway, I feel like Owens will win here, build to a bigger match at Extreme Rules. What type of match? I don't know. They had like some death match of some sort in Ring of Honor like 10 years ago. I don't uh-huh. see that happening in WWE. I could see them having even a ladder match because they're not fighting over a title. So I don't know what it would be. Maybe a street fight or something. I'm not exactly sure. But you know they're going to have a great match, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I got Owens going over here and then Zane getting his, uh, giving him his comeuppance at some point in, you know, in the next couple months. So you figure after payback, we have extreme rules, we have money in the bank, we have battleground, and we have SummerSlam. So out of those, out of those four pay-per-views, how many times are, do you think we're going to see Zayn's and Owen go uh, and, and Owens go one on one? Now that I think about it, um, you know, I see, I could see Owens winning here. I could see Zayn winning the rematch at Extreme Rules next month. And I would love to see Owens win at Money in the Bank, kind of getting his heat back from the loss to Zane at Extreme Rolls. I'm booking it this way. Gets the heat back. They're fighting over something again. They're fighting over the briefcase. So, yeah, that would be the direction I would go in. I would do the next two pay-per-views of those guys at Payback and then Extreme Rolls. Have them both be in the Money in the Bank ladder match, because even Zane could win. He's a viable choice, too. And then you can do um, then one more time or maybe even two more times at Battleground and then SummerSlam. So there's a lot of different possibilities. But I would say keep it going until at least Money in the Bank, if not Battleground. I remember when back in the days they used to have like these best of five, best of seven type series matches. I forgot who was involved or you know if it was a pay-per-view or a smackdown but they used to have these best of five mm-hmm. best of seven yeah they had one with they had one with booker and benoit 1.2 for the u.s title and see something like that with zan and owens which we haven't yep. seen a best of in, in in god knows how long but something like yep. that can feel like you know who's the better one of us and we're gonna go best of five best of seven we all know that it'll be it'll come down to to, to the to the final match but something like that um would be good for that rivalry but i i think kevin owens goes over on sunday again i don't think the finish is going to be clean he'll probably cheat his way out uh zane gets distracted or something and then they do it. They do it all over again at Extreme Rules, which you know, depending on how Owens wins, would would reflect on the stipulation for Extreme Rules, where he can do what he did at Payback at um, Extreme Rules. So um, before before I get to the main event, um, the 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 decision now that, that that Vince McMahon has to make on who's gonna run Monday Night Raw. Shane McMahon lost the match at Mania. We all know that he's been running Raw for the past four weeks, um, giving the authority um, Triple H and Stephanie a break. Stephanie comes back to Raw on Monday and says it's gonna be the last Raw you run. And now Vince on Sunday is supposed to make the decision on who's going to run Raw going forward, the authority or Shane McMahon. Um, for the most part, I've been a fan of what Shane ha- has been doing. Now, I don't know if it's you know all truly him or what input he's been giving in. But just seeing him on TV, a, a, a baby face character running Raw, um, so different, so refreshing uh, for the fans because we, we've been so indulged in the authority running raw for the past two and a half, three years. Um, knowing that he lost 
and now it's up to Vince to make a decision. Um, I, I, I felt at some point this will all make sense because Shane is running Raw even though he lost. But I'm like, hey, it's whatever. Let's see, let's see what happens. But how can this Sunday and Vince's decision kind of make all of this make sense? I don't know if it will make sense. That's the thing. I mean, it hasn't yeah. made sense so far. Um, but like you said, it's hard to complain because it's been great. The last couple of weeks have been ever since Mania and ever since he took over. It's been awesome. So um, it's hard to say. But, I mean, I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. I mean, I know we talked about it on my show a couple of weeks ago that it's been yeah, – I mean, the quality of the show has improved drastically with Shane in charge. So I would keep him in charge. And I don't think it's like, oh, Vince hates his son. Why would he put him in charge? on Sunday? I mean, he put him in charge in after Mania and he's kept him in charge ever since. So it's not, you know, the you know, it's not completely out of the question for that to happen again on Sunday. So um, I think Shane takes over. Otherwise, why would you keep him around for a month only to get rid of him? I think it is leading. I don't know if it's going to lead to something that makes sense. I think it leads to something that is bigger, like a Shane-Triple H match at SummerSlam. I could see that happening. Um, but in the interim, I could definitely see Shane winning, or not winning, or, you know, getting control of Raw come Sunday to build towards something bigger with Stephanie and the impending return of Triple H down the line. Yeah, but at some point, Vince has to say, you know, he can't just come on and say, you know, my son Shane's going to run Raw and then just, like, leave it like that. It has to be some kind of, you know, reasoning or some kind of validation of why, you know, he put his son in a match and he lost. And then now, oh, so what? You lost, but I'm, you're still going to run Raw. At some point, Vince has to say some kind of reasoning for why he's picking Shane over Hunter and Stephanie, right? There should be. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't think there will be. I think there should be. Um, I mean, it really all depends on where it goes from here. But just because it's just been, it really hasn't made any sense at all. But it's hard to complain. The last couple weeks have been great. So it's hard to complain. But um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't think it will make sense because this company rarely ever does make sense. But I think in the long term, it will be something good. Like, I'd be fine with Triple H and Shane at SummerSlam just because I think we're going to be there. So to see Shane in action would be awesome. But, uh, I, again, I want, it, I want it to make sense. I want to believe it will make sense, but I can't put my complete faith in this company just based off their poor track record with illo- you know, just completely illogical storyline. Yeah, man. I, I hope it makes sense, and we'll just see what happens. Um, the main event, Roman Reigns defending the world title against AJ Styles. AJ, um, I, think he, I think he won a match to become number one contender, or the, the, that fatal four-way um, the night after Raw, he became the number one contender. And, you know, him and Reigns have been having uh, great rapport on, on camera backstage where it's like, you know, is Gallows and Anderson really um, helping AJ because AJ sent them to attack Roman Reigns and uh, good on-screen chemistry in the ring and backstage um, talks and everything. So... Gallows and Anderson debuted on Raw in a match this Monday against the Usos. Um, they're very much involved in this main event somehow, some way. They want to help AJ Styles, but AJ is like, nah, chill, I got this by myself. And Reigns doesn't really know who to trust or who to believe. He's by himself. The Usos feel like helping Reigns whenever they feel like it. Um, this match, I don't think it's going to end up cleanly i think i think reigns is gonna win but is mm-hmm. is, is he gonna win because it's gonna be a clean match um aj gets distracted by anderson and gallows um you know 
because they, they're trying to help him? Or do you think Gallows and Anderson on purposely cost AJ the chance to become world champion? I don't think the big reveal comes here. I mean, I know that's the popular speculation that Balor might show up. Not to completely rule that out, but I think there is a chance that could happen. I just don't think the big reveal comes here. They might save it for Raw or Extreme Rules. I think it might be too early. Um, but I, like you said, I don't see this ending cleanly. I don't see Reigns winning with a Superman punch, you know, a la WrestleMania when he won clean against Triple H and that's it. Oh, and no I predicted that for Mania because I felt like that was my gut feeling. My gut feeling here says that it's not going to be a clean finish. I don't know if we get a rematch at Extreme Rules or what. But um, we're going to get something. I feel like Gallows and Anderson could get involved and unintentionally cost Styles the match and kind of build tension there. So Styles doesn't lose anything in defeat. And I don't know what you do with Roman Reigns. If you do a rematch or what, maybe you do Styles and Reigns versus Gallows and Anderson the next pay-per-view, and then you bring in Balor. I'm not really sure. Um, but I think, I think bottom line, there's two things. One, it's not going to be a clean finish, and two, Reigns retains. I mean, I would love it if AJ won. I just don't see it happening, at least at this point. So, um, yeah, I got Reigns going over, and I don't think we get the big reveal, you know, at least at this point in time. I got Reigns going over, and I think it's going to, you know, I guess the interference um, <clears throat> by Gallows and Anderson is going to force, I think it's going to force a rematch at Extreme Rules where it might become uh, a cage match. It might be some other kind of stipulation match. Um I would see a cage match between Reigns and Styles to just to kind of um, cut everybody out where they can't get can't really get involved. Uh, I know they can climb over, but I'm just saying like you're trying to keep everybody out. That's the best way. Um, I don't see Reigns winning with this the Superman punch or the spear. Cause even I'll be laughing at home like, come on, man, <laughs> Roman Reigns is not beating AJ Styles with that punch and that spear. Come on now. But um, everybody wants that big reveal of Balor, the Bullet Club, the Ballot Club. We just don't know um, exactly when. Balor did lose the um, the NXT title to Samoa Joe this past week. So that is adding more speculation that he might show up on Sunday or on Raw. Mm-hmm. But you just don't know what side he, uh, he's going to be on. Even speculation that, that, that Reigns might be in on this whole thing where Gallows and Anderson might be doing this for for uh, Reigns to to win the world title and they form some kind of new um, formation. We don't know, but I, and I think for the most part, Graham, that the payback card, a lot of matches can go either way. Um, there's, there's no, like, definite um, winners outside of, like, Callisto and stuff like that. Like, even Ambrose and Y2J, you, you, you don't know which way it's going to go. Now, Reigns and Styles, definitely you have no idea where it's going to go. But I think it's going to be a, a double match between them on Sunday, Extreme Rules, and then Reigns will find somebody new uh, for the June pay-per-view at Money in the Bank. But speaking of Gallows and Anderson, what have you been making of their debut, their interferences, and the match with the Uso? Do you feel like that was kind of like lack, uh, lackluster for have them debuting on Raw against the Usos? And how do you see them going forward as a as a tag team? I thought the debut on Raw was great. I thought it was really, really well done. I think the match itself, like you said, I don't know if it was lackluster, but um, I don't think it needed to go 15 minutes. I think that was a little ridiculous, though. But uh, I think having it just keeping it short and sweet would have been better. But other than that, I thought it was great. They looked like freaking stars with that gear on. Whatever they wore, I think, was what they wore at Wrestle Kingdom back in January or something. But they looked goddamn great. So, you know, I think that was great, like, appearance-wise. But beyond that, 
I think they did it really, really well, and I think the interference has been really well handled, too. So we'll see where it goes from there. I think on Sunday it's going to be – that's the most interesting part, the most interesting aspect of the entire show, what people are looking forward to most. And um, I think it's going to be strong. But, yeah, I thought the Raw debut was great, and uh, hopefully we get some more answers on Sunday. I don't think we will, but it's definitely a possibility. I mean, for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that this card is better than WrestleMania, and, and you know, you would think WrestleMania would have a, a bigger and better card, but Payback looks mm-hmm. more more solid. You you kind of know why people are fighting against each other. There's stipulations, there's title matches, there's rivalries, there's more storylines. They've been doing a better job doing the backstage um, stuff, and uh, I think hopefully we'll get some payoff at, at Payback, and whatever it is, man, just make everything make sense, and have us you know, on on a cliffhanger, like man, I I gotta watch Raw tomorrow night, and I think the way the ratings have been recently, even when even with Shane running Raw, it's been going down since uh, WrestleMania. But I, I mean, they've been going through that for for quite some time, so I'm not gonna blame that on Shane. But it's been it's been on that kind of uh, role so far. But um, I'm looking forward to a great pay per view. Uh, we just don't know. Um, who's gonna go over a majority of the matches, but which which I think is good. Um, a lot of title matches, a lot of um, great new talent. There's no Kane. There's no Big Show. There's no uh, Sin Cara. There's, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different talent. There's no Zack Ryder. Um, I'm looking forward to this card. And again, you do great work for Bleacher Report, Hidden Remote. And what culture? You're all over the place. You're on Twitter at at WrestleRant. Um, for those who are going to be tuning in later, or oh, matter of fact, I know I forgot something. Somebody did write me last 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 question from from Twitter from Mr. C- uh, Centron underscore. Do you think that the WWE is leading up to an eventual Bullet Club versus Shield match, maybe at SummerSlam? I know that's been like the fan popular speculation lately. That that's like the ultimate match. They're you know they're building up to. I don't think it's going to be at Summer, so I think it might be a little beyond that. But um, yeah. I think at some point it could be a money match because I feel like when Rollins gets back, I feel like bringing him back as a babyface and immediately aligning with the Reigns, the same guy he was scheduled to face before he got hurt, would be a little asinine. Like it wouldn't make as much sense. I know we're talking like logic here, so that wouldn't make sense to me. Maybe at some point down the line, but uh, Gallows, Anderson, Styles, if that's face, heel, whatever, versus Ambrose, Reigns, and Rollins on paper is a sexy match. I think that's going to be great when it eventually gets done. Maybe not in the very near future, but down the line, I could definitely see that being a possibility. Do you have Finn Balor coming up as a heel or babyface or maybe a tweener? He's a de facto babyface, but I think the story right now is with him as a heel, coming up and aligning with Gallows, Gallows and Anderson as the Balor club. So I think, you know, long-term he's going to be a face. He's like, you know, they're going to make money off him either way. But I think as a heel is what makes the most sense right now in aligning with Gallows and Anderson once he comes up. Graham, always great having you on the show. Hey, listen, we might have to do this once a month for a pay-per-view, a major <laughs> Raw, something happens uh, in the mm-hmm. world of wrestling. But uh, you're, all, you're always more than welcome to come on the Cruise Control podcast. Always great talking to you. Again, you're on WrestleRant on Twitter. If, if there's anything else you want to say, if I have people to reach out or contact you, go ahead. No, absolutely, my man. I appreciate it. I mean, like I said before, I think this is the third time I've been on since. We talked before Manny, we talked after Manny, we're talking today, which I think is a real testament to just how great everything's been in the last like month and a half. I mean, especially yeah. since Manny, and the quality of the product improved like, drastically. 
But um, I'll probably can do this once a month. Like I said, I'm always available. So just give me a call. I'm always, you know, free. And I'm always free to talk wrestling. It's always a fun time. But and I appreciate you having me on, as always. It's always a great time talking to you, Randy. And I uh, really appreciate it, like I said. Graham, my man, thank you. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Have a great one. I'll catch you down the road. All right, you too.